0: One of the things that I like to do, one of the things that helps me in my daily walk, in my daily life, is to stop and from time to time think about the nature of God, the qualities of God. From time to time to stop and to to think about the character traits, the, the characteristics that God has revealed to us about Himself. In fact, honestly, There are times that I need to be reminded. There are honestly times that I need to bring it again into view that my God is powerful, that my God is mighty, that he is the creator and sustainer of all things, and through him they are held together. There are times that that I need to be reminded that my God is slow to anger. Praise God for that. There are times I need to be reminded that He is just. He is absolutely always right. He is correct. He is righteous. He is holy. The angels in heaven are rejoicing and they're celebrating. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I need I to remember my God is holy. But He's not just holy and He's not just just, but He's, but he's also kind. And He knows the broken hearts of His people. And he doesn't just love, but he is love. If you wanna know what love is, you're gonna have to know him because he is love and and his love is unconditional and his love is everlasting. And the reason his love is everlasting is because he is everlasting. Sometimes I need to be reminded that he is non-changing, that he is settled as a rock, that he is a sure foundation. I need to be reminded that he is trustworthy, that he is worthy of trust and, and, and able to be trusted. I need to be reminded of that, that he is faithful, that there is no shadow of turning with thee. I need to be reminded that he is personal and that a guy in Vernon, Texas, that he knows the, the numbers of hair on his head and that he knows the desires of my heart. And I could go on and on and on, but understand he is wonderful and he is marvelous and he is amazing and he is astounding and that is my God times I need to be reminded of that and sometimes when I ponder this when I think about this I wonder what is his greatest trait what is his greatest attribute is there such a thing with such a magnificent God but sometimes I wonder what is his greatest trait For me, what is the greatest thing about my God? Well, today I've come to this conclusion. I believe it is His grace. Friends, I cannot get over His grace. Today was going to be the second part of last week's message in Luke chapter 13. I've set that aside for today. We're going to come back to that. Next week we're going to observe the Lord's Supper in our morning services and then the next week after that we'll come back to the second part of that message but today I want to focus on I want to see I want to celebrate the amazing grace of our God. Our message today is entitled Grace upon Grace. We're in John chapter 1 today we have one verse verse 16. Grace Upon grace. John chapter 1, verse 16. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's Word. The Apostle John says this in his gospel For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Germany Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful that today. My God is mighty and he's strong and he's he's sure and he's a strong foundation that doesn't shift and he's he's trustworthy. God, you're trustworthy, able to be trusted. You're faithful, you're kind, you're loving, you're gracious and I'm thankful for you and I I come today and I pray that, that as we've come in here today, maybe we came with a different set of expectations but that in this hour we would set things down and we would worship you, our God. We would see you for who you are, our God. We would revel and celebrate in your grace. I pray that today you would speak to us. I pray that the preaching of your word would be anointed, that you would mark it, that it would pierce our hearts, and we would be driven to our knees to worship you. I pray for some here today existing outside of the grace of God. I pray that today they'd find a Savior in Jesus Christ. I pray for Christians here that that have neglected to understand the, the life that we lead that we're called to lead, is, is pushed on in your grace. I pray that we would understand that. I pray that you would move in this hour and I tell you right now, I love you. And I praise you and I worship you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today our message will basically be a survey of or a discussion on this great attribute of God, His grace. And my prayer is that today in this hour, our understanding of and our appreciation of His grace will greatly grow. And I'll tell you my prayer in this hour is that He would be truly worshiped today as we see His grace. Now to begin the discussion, the question is, Who needs God's grace? Really, who needs God's grace? And I believe this is the starting point in the discussion. You see, until you see your condition, until you see your plight, until you know your need, you truly cannot understand God's grace. And I think maybe sometimes that's a problem. And the starting place is this. You have to understand your plight. You have to see openly and honestly your condition. And only then can you really understand God's grace. And so the question is, who needs God's grace? And the answer to that is this. It is those people who have sinned. It is any people and it is all people who have sinned. Now stay with me. Get this this morning. When I sinned, I revealed and I acted according to my evil heart. When I sinned, I earned, and I not only earned, but I secured God's wrath and condemnation of my sin. When I sinned, I rebelled against God. When I sinned, I have declared, and the Bible says this, that I am an enemy of God. When I sin, I have, the Bible says, entered into darkness. I've crossed and passed unto death. And because of sin, my future is robbed. Because of sin, my hope is gone. Because of sin, my penalty is sure, and that is mine, and that is your state as sinners. I'm afraid today many folks cannot see that. And I think many times we tread lightly around that. And we want to tell people, you know what, I'm okay. And I'm really not that bad. And I'm for sure not as bad as some other people have been. And and I think I'm doing all right. And I, I appreciate the offer of eternal life. But really in practice, I do not need God's grace. We'll see this today. Think about those attributes again. God's love, however great that it is, without grace would not be applied to me his justice as swift and sure as it is without grace like a great fire it would consume me his holiness holy 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 his holiness without grace it would drive me away his majesty without grace would be missed by me his righteousness without grace would stand only to condemn me as the evil traitor that I am. His forgiveness, oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful, His forgiveness. But understand, without grace, His forgiveness could never be extended to me. And I would exist eternally in that state. Oh, I need God's grace. Here's the good news today. God gives us that grace. And he gives it in the person of Jesus Christ. Hear me today. Listen to me today. Grace has a face. Grace has a name. And it is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go look at the verse now. Verse 16. It says, for of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. It says, for of his fullness. Now, what is that talking about? We have to back up to verse 14 to understand that. Back up to verse 14, it says this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen to that again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 14 is saying this, the the glory of God shines and radiates as grace and truth. And it says that it shines and it radiates from the word, the logos who became flesh. Now be, be, be clear here, this word doesn't indwell flesh. It doesn't indwell a man. This word doesn't fill flesh. It doesn't fill a man. This word doesn't enter into flesh. He doesn't enter into a man. No, the Bible says he became a man. Then it says, and dwelt among us. The Greek verb here is like a tent that is set up in the midst of a camp. This Greek verb is also used in the book of Revelation when it says that God will be with his people. Like a tent that is set up in the camp, God will tabernacle with his people. God will be with his people. Well, the word which radiates God's glory in the form of grace and truth became a man and dwelt with men. Friends, this is talking about no other than Jesus Christ. Listen to me today. God's grace is revealed to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we need God's grace. And we have no hope outside of God's grace. And it's a despair that we have outside of God's grace. But he shows us his grace in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let's see if we can understand this more deeply. Go back to verse 16. For of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. It starts off and it says for of his fullness. Understand he is the provision. He is the provider of grace. For of his fullness, God's grace is extended in Jesus. Now, I want to slow down here for just a second. God's grace is extended in Jesus. We can, through Jesus, in his fullness, receive God's grace. That is the truth, but understand this. See this. However, it wasn't cheap, and it isn't free to him. Think about that for just a second. In grace, the Bible says God the Father Gave his only begotten son to be despised by the world that he created. In grace, God the Father gave his only begotten son to be cursed by the creation that he gave voice to. In grace, God the Father gave his only begotten son to be hated by the people that he loved. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, his only boy, to be killed by his own people. To those people that he promised himself to come and to save. In grace, Jesus, the name above every name, Jesus, the King of kings, he leaves the glory of heaven and he takes on the sin of man and there he submits to the cross and he dies in the stead of sinners and it's his blood that runs out. It is grace, but it is not cheap. Notice this, it says, we have all received. We have all Now, this we is talking about Christians. Apostle John here, he's talking to Christians. It is Christians and Christians alone who receive God's grace. Now, it wasn't because of merit. It wasn't because of worth. It wasn't because of deeds. It was because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have received. Now, get this part. This is the most awesome part, I believe. And then it continues on and it says, and grace upon grace. For of his fullness we've all received and grace upon grace. I believe a better translation here would be grace for grace. I believe that's closer to the Greek understanding. The Greek word here for, in this case, was used in a business transaction. And you could say, if if I would sell you one loaf of bread for two dollars, it's used in a business transaction. One loaf of bread for two dollars. If I were to come to you and say, I will buy a dozen eggs for ninety nine cents, it's used in that understanding. What has the same meaning here in this understanding of for? Understand, this is grace in exchange for grace. This is grace providing more grace. This is grace securing more grace. Very simply today, in God's economy, grace takes the place of grace. Grace purchases more grace. Now try and see this this morning. Because of Jesus, because of the fullness of grace, we have received grace upon grace. We have an endless supply of Of grace. Understand today, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we have grace enough for a new day. And when we use that, we have grace enough for another day. And when we use that, we have grace enough for a new hurt. And when we use that, we have grace enough for His service. And when times are great and and things are going good, we have grace enough to rejoice and grace enough to celebrate. Oh, but listen to me. When the hour is hard and when we can see no light, we have grace enough to just hold on, just hold on. And in every hour and in every need, there is grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And like the waves that come washing in to the shore, there is grace without end. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. You know what I've realized? We need grace. Yes, I understand that. In Jesus Christ, we have grace. Praise God for that. We're saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. I understand that. But I've come to understand today, as Christians, listen to me, as Christians, we exist. We make it. We press on. We live in the continued expression of God's grace. And because of Jesus, there is grace upon grace. I wonder how many here today are trying to operate outside of God's grace. They do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and they're here today and there's, there's pain and there's hurt and there's suffering and, and they've, they've tried to make it on their own and I want to ask them, what's a pardon worth to you? Because it's offered to you in grace. What's a new start, or a, a restored relationship with God worth to you? It doesn't matter. It's offered to you in grace. I wonder how many believers here today have failed to see that the Christian life is a grace-filled life. And they've again tried to take up the system of works and they've again tried to take it up in their own power and they're they're grinding and they're pushing and the the thing is eating them alive. Yet it's carried out through God's grace. For of his fullness we've all received and grace upon grace. Let's pray. Every Father, we come, and I'm thankful for you. In spite of our sorriness, in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our wicked hearts that rebel against you, you love us. You love us enough to save us in grace, but that's not the end. You, You love us enough to sustain us also in grace. I come today, and I worship you, and I praise you, and I thank you. I declare the riches of your grace. We come today and I pray for some in this room that may not know you. I know that you died for them on the cross of Calvary and in grace you've shown them your love and you offer forgiveness. I pray that in this day, in this hour, in this morning they would put their faith in Jesus Christ, that they would walk out forgiven, redeemed, restored, renewed with a hope and a peace and a purpose because of the grace of God shown through Jesus Christ I pray for some here that are Christians that have have taken up a system where we have to strive and and do it in our own power that today we would understand we continually walk in an endless supply of God's grace thank you for that I pray that you have spoken I pray that you continue to speak I pray during this time of decision this time of invitation that you would move freely I pray the end result of all this is that you'd be glorified we love you And we thank you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.